Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people who are pretty well endowed physically. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Barton Fink, Cody. What is the movie, Cody? What Barton What Fink. is it? I got look, there's a lot to say, all right? There's a lot to say, there's a lot to ponder, a lot to think about. I think we should have a ponder. I think instead of ranting, you know, we may have to have just a little pondering session. You know, it's that kind of movie. It's the kind of movie you got to sit down, you got to think and be like, wait, no, what? I don't know. Uh, it's one of those, all right? In other words, it's a goodie. This is a Coen Brothers film from the 80s. It tells the story of a promising young playwright who takes a check to write movies for Hollywood back in the 40s. And uh, he is hardcore writer's block. It's about his journey learning the ways of, uh, of uh, Hollywood, and boy, it, it stinks having writer's block. Tyler, let me ask you, since you wanted to see this movie, since you asked, you begged me, I think you got on your knees, and uh, you shook my hands, and you said, please, please, please. How did this one go for you? It's all right. I would describe it as an all right movie, you know? Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. You know, it's not too shabby. We've done worse on a Cody's Corner film, haven't we? I'll tell you, I love the Coen brothers. Here's this, I have a weird relationship with the Coen brothers because they have a lot of movies. And they have some of my absolute all-time favorite movies. And they have some movies that are not the best, but they're still like, they're always interesting, you know? I think this one is more of the interest. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie, solid movie. It's very interesting. Um... I don't think it was like I wanted to like love love this movie, you know. I wanted to, I wanted to cry because I loved it so much. I don't think I'm there, but I definitely enjoyed it, and I think I might recommend it. It was pretty good. That's where I'm at. Yeah, it's a good place to be at, probably. It's also it's one of those movies that's like about making movies. So unless you make movies or are like really invested in watching a lot of movies, I feel like it probably loses some of its punch. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. Like if we showed this movie to a guy who works at the steel mill and he just sees like whatever big blockbuster, you know, the three or four big blockbusters in the movie theater that year, you know, would he even care? Would he even finish it? Would he just walk out of the theater, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's a it's the classic example of Hollywood making a movie about Hollywood, Cody. And if there's one thing I think of when I think of the Coen Brothers, I think of Hollywood making movies about Hollywood. That's know? true. I mean, is this their? They have they have a few. <laughs> they have like two or three movies about making movies now. I'll tell you what, if you work in a steel mill, tweet us at Opinion Havers and let us know what you thought of this one. Oh. I saw another Coen Brothers movie. This is a little, this is a little bonus, a little mini bonus review for you, because I don't know if the Coen Brothers are directing movies together anymore. I'm not sure because they're getting older. But Joel Coen of the Coen Brothers just released his movie, The Tragedy of Macbeth, with uh, Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. So it's just the play of Macbeth. It's in black and white. It was kind of like this one too. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. It wasn't like I wanted to, you know. I wanted to have a spiritual experience. I wanted to be carried out of my body in the theater. And it didn't happen, but I still liked it, you know? Here's the thing about Shakespeare movies. It's hard, because sometimes you roll up to a Shakespeare movie. Okay, I'm going to go on a rant about Shakespeare. Here's the problem with Shakespeare movies. When you do Shakespeare movies, and you just, like, shoot it real straightforward, and you keep, like, the original dialogue, then it's, it's sometimes it's not as good. Because when you go to the theater, let me explain something to you. Let me learn you something big about acting. Okay? There's film acting, there's theater acting, okay? When you're acting on stage, you got to go big, you got to go horde, all right? Because there's all these people, and they have to be able to hear you, they have to be able to, like, see you, right? So you got to go horde, okay? 
Did you zone out and you just came in in the middle of the Shakespeare thing? All right, we're in, we're talking about Shakespeare. <laughs> no, my yeah. my headphones. Here's let me learn you something, big Cody. My <laughs> headphones are the Xbox headphones, so they uh-huh. they turn on and connect to my Xbox every single time I turn them on for this. Nice. Did someone turn on your Xbox in the other room? The Xbox made a noise like a real loud whoa sound, and I was like, "What's happening?" <laughs> I love it. I love it. So. I think Shakespeare's best enjoyed when people are going hard and they're going over the top on delivering the lines. I think that's where half the enjoyment of it goes because it's like it's like someone reading out poetry and you want them to go big, you know. The problem with film acting it's much more subtle because they say you know they say the camera sees everything, right? So film actors go much more subtle because it's a lot of close-ups, right? So then when you do Shakespeare on the screen and then you're doing all subtle, it's like, look, you need to enunciate more, you need to talk louder so I can absorb everything you're saying you know and so that's my problem and this was very much one of those i know it's like in the style of a play kind of thing a little bit more cinematic but it felt very intimate and so people delivering the lines not in a big way just maybe i didn't i wanted the shakespeare drama i wanted the tragedy to be like over the top tragic you know what i'm saying that's why i think shakespeare on the screen is best when it's like an adaptation like uh, lion king or 10 things i hate about you you know or West Side Story. Take it, put it into, you know, today's terms or whatever, and give it to me that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Tyler, what else should there should be said about uh, Shakespeare, about the Coen brothers, or about Barton Fink? Nothing. I think that's good. So, you know, until next time, uh, watch movies. Oh, no, we're... Oh. You don't want to. Well, oh, okay. We're almost. We're almost there. Oh, All right. Okay. We got. I know my Shakespeare thing was long, but it wasn't that long. All right. <laughs> it just. It just felt that long. You know. You know. Just sitting here. Mm-hmm. Felt as long as a Shakespeare like, play. Coach. Is film even art if you don't like check your watch five times during it? You know. That's my question. I didn't. I never felt like I checked my watch for this one but it, it this movie i felt like there was like it always felt like i was like okay stuff's about to happen and stuff just kept happening <laughs> but not the stuff that i expected to happen so i kept waiting for that stuff to happen as more yeah. stuff kept happening you know what mm-hmm. i mean oh yeah does that Makes sense. No, I here's the thing about this movie, and maybe this will help you as we discuss it, because I had a similar experience with another Coen Brothers movie, very similar to this one, called A Serious Man. And what I learned about A Serious Man is they're sort of like, the Coen Brothers are Jewish, surprise, surprise. And there's sort of like this parallel to like the Old Testament stories in them, not like necessarily a direct parallel, but it's almost like an allegorical Old Testament kind of story where like sometimes the story resolves itself, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's details where you're like, right, but why is that there, you know? And uh, that's kind of what a serious man is like. And that's kind of what this movie's like a little bit where you're like, oh, this story is just kind of going and it's some sort of an old-timey allegory I'm trying to keep up with. And I think if you think of it in terms of like a Job or a Jonah or a Daniel in the lion's den kind of story or like David. Here's the thing about David. Everyone likes to talk about David and they're like, remember he killed Goliath. But then he lived for a lot longer than that. All kind of, look, the dude played the harp. He killed Goliath. He wrestled a bear. He he cheated uh, with, he took had an affair. He killed a man. And uh, fell out of great, like, so much happened. You know what I'm saying? See, that's kind of what this is. It's not just like a story. It's like, oh, we're doing this whole thing. But who's that guy? You know, what's he doing here? So I don't know. What else is there to say? Does that help? Probably not. But does it make you feel validated in your confusion? No. It makes (laughs) me feel confused. (laughs) About a confusion. So, are we? Here's my question to you: Are we doing rants this time, or are we just gonna? Are we just gonna discuss this movie? Because I feel like neither that's one of us you, necessarily has. That's that. you telling me that you don't have enough for a rant. All right? I just, look, 
I mean, you know me. I can rant. I can BS my way through a rant. But it's Look. like, uh, I just, I need you to explain the movie <laughs> to me. All right? That's what I need I'm, from you. All right. How about this? 60 seconds, back and forth, get it off your chest, and we'll, that, that'll that be a rant. So how's that? How does that work for you? Mini rants. Mini, mini Joel mini Kim rants. Booster style. It's just 60 second rants. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I need you to... I need you to take us, and I need you to fill your fill your breast with air, you know, and just get ready for it. Are we going? Hey, hold on now. Are we? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Are we taking a cruise, Cody? Are we taking this a cruise mm. down to Spoilerton, L.A., like a, like New a cheap York cruise, City. you know? Oh, yeah, that kind. Of, yeah, like mm-hmm. a cru- like a ship down the street. Mm-hmm. So a car, but it's like a ship. Mm. Like in yes. Futurama, the land Titanic. Don't fall off in my land drown, Cody. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. We're doing 60 seconds. Am I going first? Is that what's happening right now? You know, are you ready gonna, to go first? I can go first. Okay. I'll tell you that you are ready. How about that? Okay. That I'm, affirming? I'm ready. All right. Shush, Cody. It's happening. Okay, oh, Cody, there's not enough time for anything. All right, here's what you got to know. One to two thousand a week in 1941, which is when this movie is set, is roughly one to two million dollars a year today. So it checks out. It checks out for a good high class writer. Here's the thing, Cody. This movie, here's what I'll tell you what it's about. It's about a man selling out to the man. Here's what I know Hollywood bunch of soul-sucking monsters not like broadway where everyone's supportive and part of a family team environment okay that's what that is they're all one with the people they're a supportive family out there you go to la you go to hollywood they're gonna suck you dry much like a mosquito cody much like a mosquito i'm figuring out the symbolism of the movie Cody, look at me. Are there mosquitoes in L.A.? Only you know. Nobody else knows. Okay? Nod your head. Shake your head. Nope. No mosquitoes. What's in the box? All right, Tyler. Very well done. Now you shut up, and I'm going to tell you something about mosquitoes. Okay. All right. There are mosquitoes in Victorville because my high school did an experiment about mosquitoes. We have the Mojave River. All right? So they had fish. They were trying to see if the fish could sustainably kill the mosquitoes and be an effective solution for overpopulated mosquitoes. Now, is my high school, you know, 100 miles from L.A.? Maybe. So the answer to your question is resounding. It's it's plausible, okay? Let me tell you what this movie's about, all right? It's about what is success, you know? How do you keep it? How do you maintain it, you know? Chet. We all need to be more like Chet. And why don't we all put exclamation points when we write down our names to people? I think everyone should have an exclamation point out at the end of the movie. I think at the end of the name, I think it's self-affirming. And I'm going to start doing it, all right? And uh, great sets. Love the hotel room. I love the the sticky, wet walls. Great. Beautiful. Loved it. Well done. Oh, that's the time. Cody, here's what I propose. All right. I need another 60 second rant. Okay. <laughs> I need another 60 seconds. All right. Let me go, go ahead. Off here. Let me I've go got off it here. for you. I'm ready. All right. Here's the thing, Cody. Mosquitoes have invaded LA as of a decade ago. So this is a prophetic movie. All right. That's what you don't understand. I Googled it, I searched it. Are, bad, are mosquitoes bad in Los Angeles? Here's what you don't understand. I'll tell you where they're bad. Boston, or as some people call it, Baston, okay? This is bad in Baston, all right? I live down the street from a government agency run by the state of Massachusetts dedicated to eradicating mosquitoes, all right? You have to call these people and say, please do not cover my home and property in deadly pesticides because they're such an issue. Uh, so I asked somebody, I'm like, what's the problem? All right, and they're like, West Nile virus. I was like, do we live in a third world country? And here's what I've learned. Baston is a third world country, all right? And of course, from this movie, I'm thinking maybe LA is too. Maybe they're bond- Maybe that's what the movie's about. Maybe he actually is in Baston. Wow. Very well done. I 
I did see some job postings in Massachusetts. <gasps> and uh, I was like, that job looks interesting. When I saw it was in Massachusetts, I was like, no, I can't do that. You got to, though. You need to move It's cliched now, okay? I'm a hipster at heart, you know? Though I'll never admit it, not even on a podcast. Now that you've done it, I can't do it, all right? New Hampshire, maybe. Maybe, but it's cutting it close, all right? Don't I go couldn't in good conscience do that. Don't go there. They don't. Get, everybody's like, go to New Hampshire. They don't have a sales tax, but they got property tax. All right, so don't go up there, Cody. You don't want to be part of New Hampshire. Do you, is there no property tax in Baston? No, there's property tax, but there's also sales tax. All right, and <laughs> property tax is lower because there's I, a sales tax. I heard someone complaining. One of the malls here, I think it was the Legends. They were complaining about it because they're like, I have to pay the sales tax there or something. And let me tell you, I have never once in my life been like. Oh, that place has too high of sales tax. I'm not going to go shop at that outlet mall. I was, <laughs> I was blown away that anyone would say. I was like, wait, people are out here tracking the different sales taxes in the counties in their surrounding area? Blew my mind. Yeah. It's a whole different kind of person. Oh. At an outlet mall. <laughs> That's like, I don't understand. I'll tell you something even crazier, Cody. All right, do it. Let me tell what do you think what do you think the proper etiquette in this scenario is? What what is expected, right? Say me as a resident of Massachusetts goes up to New Hampshire, buys a candy bar, pays no sales tax on said candy bar, uh-huh. then returns with said candy bar to Massachusetts. What am I supposed to do? I think you have to feed the candy bar to your county tax assessor. It's wrong. What I have to do is call the government. Nobody knows who or how to do this, but everybody says you're supposed to do it. This isn't real. And pay the sales tax directly to them on that candy bar. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) And I looked the first person to tell me this in the eye, and I said, I'm not going to do that. Isn't like not paying taxes the most American thing you could possibly do in Baston? Exactly. Like, is there like, anything I'm, more American than avoiding the tax collector? I'm going to drive. If I need to buy like a TV, I'm driving up to New Hampshire and buying it. Are you kidding me? Like that's what's <laughs> happening. I'm buying all big purchases from New Hampshire. That's what's happening. And everybody's like, you got to pay. Well, you're supposed to pay it in Massachusetts. And I'm like, yeah, supposed to do a lot of things. I'll tell you this, I still have an Idaho driver's license. I haven't lived in Idaho in like seven years, man. There's no way I'm doing that. Oh, man. I had a thought. It's gone. Tyler, arbitrage, is that the name of it? There's an economic term for buying something in a place with lower taxes or lower prices and moving it and selling it in a different place with higher different prices is that arbitrage is that what it's called i don't know you're the that's what you could do you could run the black market of in in baston you know you're out here it's it'll be like fast and furious the first one not any other ones you know the one that was about (laughs) heisting the dvd players that could be you (gasps) cody you could be heisting truckloads of goods in new hampshire if i told you a truckload of like gpus got heisted recently no. <laughs> Would you believe me? Because it's true. Okay. I That's guess. I mean. Everybody's like, what are we living in? The Fast and Furious universe, man? Yes. It's back. You know what? That gives me hope. Car that, the idea that The idea that our world could be a little bit more like Fast and Furious. I'm all for it. I'm about to drop a bomb on you, Cody. And I know we're supposed to talk about Barton Fink, but Barton Fink is about What Hollywood. even is that? So <laughs> this is about Hollywood. Fast and Furious and Pirates of the Caribbean are the same thing. You're saying it's the same franchise just set 400 years apart? I'm saying it's across the, the same seven premise. seas. All right. It's the same premise. It's the same evolution. Okay. Starts out, mm, they're just pirates. A... They're just pirates, <laughs> pirating things, going around doing their pirate stuff. And gradually yeah. it has the stakes have risen and it has gotten more insane. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I can't. I could never do that. But it breaks my brain a little bit. Because you know how right it is. Yeah, I mean 
if we could just get a seventh Pirates of the Caribbean movie with Vin Diesel, I think I think we would f- fix a lot of the hurt in this world. Yeah. Um, is Vin Diesel in the Pirates of the Caribbean? No, I, I couldn't say that he isn't, you know? I mean, he might, you know. He does a lot of the CG characters, so maybe. That's true. Tyler, <clears throat> what happened in this movie? Someone said something about something. And it was like, it's not a sexual thing. What was that? It's been it was, too long. It was definitely the the the, the studio exec guy <laughs> talking about how well endowed he is. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you how wonderful the studio exec was. Also, Tony Shalhoub as the other, as the producer or director guy. Fantastic. I loved it. Here's the thing about this movie. Like, narratively, it's all over the place, which is fine. It is weird. Like, it's a weird movie in that way. But I will say what is perfect in this movie are the characters. From Chet to the studio exec to the director to the writer guy to John Goodman. Like, they're all just perfect. And I love them. I love them all. I love with that about the Coen Brothers movies. I loved it. I just love that the executive brings him in. He's like, you're an artist. Like, you get it. You know, you understand. I'm going to give you fruit. Like, whatever you want to do. You're like, you know what you're doing. And then by the end of the movie, he's like, what is this? This is garbage. I hate this. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. So good. Yeah. Also, Cody, I hate to do this to you. I hate okay. to tear you apart on live television right now. No. But you said this was an no. 80s movie. It came out in 1991, you fool. Hashtag cancel Cody doesn't even know when the movie came out. All right? This is a Cody's I don't think that's corner. true. I'm looking at it, Cody. Opening I weekend for subtract. the movie was August 25th, 1991. That's, that's why wild. it was recently the 30th anniversary of the movie, Cody. I think if you subtract the leap days that have occurred between now and then, this actually would have happened in 1989. You think it adds up to a a year and eight months? Roughly, yeah. Boy, I do math. I don't know how you're do- you're out here doing math. But... Oh, you're out here with the who is it? Terrence Howard math. I do one. Here's what's wild about this movie. <clears throat> I'll start dropping some fun facts on you. Drop these fun facts. So this movie was written. Yes. And maybe this is why I thought it was an '80s movie. So the Coen brothers had writer's writer's block in real life, okay? Right. While trying to write the script for Miller's Crossing, which did come out in 1990. So I guess I assume they did this and then Miller's Crossing. Anyway, basically they had some real life writer's block, so then they wrote a movie about having writer's block. I mean, what's more Hollywood than that? You know? What's more Hollywood than the Coen brothers, really? nothing there couldn't be anything else here's the other thing i really in my brain in my mind's eye raising arizona is the first coen brothers movie and that is also not true because they had a movie called blood simple three years before that then it was miller's crossing then it was barton fink then it was the hudsucker proxy then it was fargo and then it goes from there so you know i guess i just what I love about them is I don't know anything about them. You know? Yeah. I just want to work for that guy. You know? I want to work for that executive. The guy who's just yelling, blabbering about whatever. I yeah. like him. I like him a lot. Didn't he say, he had several moments where he's like, what am I doing doing all the talking? You talk, you talk. All right, now, yeah. I'm gonna stop you right there. Let me, Let me tell you how we do things here. <laughs> oh man, it's just so good. I like his like assistant used to own the studio. He got pushed out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that he fires him like super dramatically. The next time we see him, he's still there. <laughs> It's like, yeah. like honestly, if I worked in Hollywood and somebody like dramatically fired me, like a producer or director or something, I would probably still show up the next day because I'm like, I see this in movies a lot, and they usually just forget you exist. Yeah, there's that episode of uh, Seinfeld where George Costanza 
quits his job, he, like yells, chews out the boss, quits his job, leaves. And then he's like, what was I doing? <laughs> I have no leads on any other jobs. So they're like, I'll just go back. <laughs> like, pretend like it didn't happen, you know? He was pulling off steam. Anyway, that's based off a real life experience of Larry David where he quit SNL in like a big tiz. <laughs> and he's like, wait, that's like the, the best job ever for a writer. And he just like showed back up the next week. Wasn't a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay. So, you know, there's some truth to that. Yeah. You should, uh, here's what you got to do. Here's what we'll do. We'll get your friend who's an editor, right? Is that your only Hollywood friend, Mr. Hollywood, as we call him here on the show? Yeah, Mr. Hollywood, yep. Mr. Hollywood. Well, ask Mr. Hollywood to quit a show <laughs> in like a big tizzy and then just show up the next day like nothing happened and we'll see how it goes. I, uh, the way he talks about his work sounds totally reasonable. <laughs> I would not be surprised. That uh, couldn't happen. Uh, who was it? Was it John Goodman? Who was? Someone was double fisting whiskey and milk. Like he had milk and he had whiskey in either hand. <laughs> who was that? Oh, I watched this movie too long ago. Oh no! Oh. I I just watched it last night. Was it at the I cafe? Remember. It was at the cafe. Were they at the cafe? I think it may have been. Um, was it the writer gosh. guy? Yes. Loved it. What a way to go through life. You know, it's breakfast. You want to get your day started right? You got your milk, obviously, but also you want to have a good time. The, so you got your whiskey. The I think it was Tony Shalhoub's character, right? The oh yeah, producer. That makes sense. It's who, he was his producer. I liked his character was my favorite. I think because like he, you know, there's the studio execs that like, oh, you're the you're the next big thing. Like you're you're what we're all about. You you know, I will bring you in here. You're the you're the you're the star of the show here. You're like the whole studio is at your disposal. Then he goes to see the producer and he's like, "Well, this is a suck movie for suckers." <laughs> you know, like, I produced eighteen other movies. I don't care about this one. Just do something, anything. Just crap out a script. Nobody cares. You know? I love it. He's like, I, "I see. I don't know how to write anything. You know, I've never written a film before. And I don't really know." He's like, "What? What movie? It's a wrestling picture? Just write it. Just like any other wrestling movie. I don't know. Throwing a girl. There's a fight. I don't care. You know." Loved it. Yeah. I have a note and it's driving me crazy because I can't read it. It's like I have oinking to do. Stop by later. Is it when he goes to see the the other writer guy? It has to be. But I just wish I knew what it said. You have what to drinking. do? Drinking. Drinking? I have drinking to do. to do. Stop by later. I just love all the characters in this movie. You know? Yeah. What a, And John Goodman's so good in this. He's like the superstar of the Coen Brothers movie. He's in like three or four and he's amazing because he's so good in Raising Arizona. He's good in this one and he's good in Our Brother Ward Thou. He's so good he's at playing like a lovable character and then like immediately switching it to Barry Sinister. A psycho. Yeah. Yeah. And that's his character in, like, every one of the Coen Brothers movies, too. Like, that's ex his exact, like, casting for each one. What did he say? He's like, I myself have yet to be lassoed. And this is like, yeah, I don't know. I just love, it's so funny. I don't know what happened to the Coen Brothers that made them want to write in the Southern dialect so much and so often. Because they're, they're Jewish. And I don't know where they got the gift of the gab from, like, for writing all these characters. But, like... Raising Arizona, and John Goodman in this, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Just amazing. They're so good at it. How did they do it? What's the secret? Here's my here's what I think the secret is. The secret is if a character's doing a lot of talking, just have them keep talking, have them talk so fast and so nonstop that it doesn't matter if nine out of ten jokes doesn't land because no one's going to remember those nine jokes they're only gonna remember the one that lands and you just keep it moving just keep it going don't stop cody you gotta keep the words flowing keep them going don't stop all right and then see you later and then the character's gone and you're like what just happened and then you're like trying to process everything they just said and you're like oh what 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 and then have the character they just talked to could go like what just happened so then you're like oh, that's like me and then everyone loves it and they get oscars it's so good it's perfect formula Here's the thing. 
I think there's a lot to this movie. Yeah. And I don't know if all of it pays off and all of it makes sense, but I think there's one lesson we can all get from it that's undeniable. And it's that you don't have sex because <laughs> yes. that's the only thing, I, that's the only lesson I learned. He sleeps with the other writers. Are they married? No, because the guy is married to another girl. Right. He sleeps with the other writer's assistant, mistress lady. The next day, she's dead and bloodied. You know, like, you don't do it. Kids, if you look, children, if you're listening, don't do the sex, all right? Yeah. It's not okay in any circumstance. People die, and that's what I learned from this movie. I've been they will for die. Two years. You will be framed for murder. I've been married for two years. Still never had sex. <laughs> still abstaining. Good for yeah. you. Like a, a hero. That's why. That's why no one's died in your house. You know. Exactly. <laughs> this movie also um, coined the phrase "What's in the box." So. I think uh, David Fincher can give a big shout out to the Coen brothers because they did it first. So there you go. Seven is a sequel to this movie. Exactly. It was so weird to hear someone say that line in a completely different context. (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) what's in the box? Before the meme. Yeah. Um, I love the ending. So his hotel has a painting of a woman on the beach and then he goes to the beach and there's a woman who looks exactly the same on the beach and he's like, are you in pictures? And she's like, and I was like, oh, it's so clever. It's so good. It works on so many levels, you know? Yeah. Let me tell you something else about this movie. Give it to me. You may, you may be wondering, right? What's the significance of the mosquito? What's the significance of the woman being there and also on the beach? Most importantly, being sucked what, dry, Cody. What is the significance of the seagull who dives into the water in the last shot of the movie? <laughs> Can I just be honest with you, Cody? Yeah. At no point did I think there was a significance. I was like, they were definitely just filming. The seagull dived into the water, dove into the water, and they were like, that was awesome. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> completely serendipitous it just happened they're like i guess we're using that one then i did like i'm guessing you saw the same trivia fact that i saw which i'm like yeah i i know what did i think they trained a seagull to dive on command into the water right yeah so it was just funny because i was like i don't know is that a good fact or not you know mm-hmm. not, i don't know not putting i loved last here cody just I saying. loved it. Did you it's think that fact. it was intentional when you first watched it? It's one of those movies. No, what I'm saying is it's one of those movies where you're like, did that matter? You know, there's so much that happens where you're like, wait, is that significant? And I think the that fun fact reveals probably not for anything, you know? Mm-hmm. You just got to enjoy the ride, right? Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Let me tell you some fun facts about this movie, Tyler, since you're begging did you know this is the first film to win, to win all three major awards at Cannes Film Festival? I did know. The trailer told me. Okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> you watched the trailer to this movie? It started automatically. You watched the trailer to a 30-year-old movie? Yeah. You're dreaming. <laughs> okay, how about this? Did you know that John Chichuro practiced using his typewriter by writing a draft of the movie he would later direct, Romance and Cigarettes. But more than that, did you know he went to a class for secretaries to learn how to use the typewriter? I didn't know that. That's great. Uh, Did you know that... I can't read what I even wrote. What is this? Oh. One of the characters' name is Mund. And uh, that is because it's based on a real senator who blacklisted a bunch of Hollywood writers in the 40s. So isn't that fun? They do a lot because Hail Caesar is a lot about the blacklisting and the communists and stuff. That's interesting. I'm going to tell you this. Did you know that W.P. Mayhew, the Southern writer in this movie, is based on William Faulkner? 
What? And uh, this was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Art Direction, and Best Costumes. But no wins, Cody. No wins. No wins. You know, the real artists, they don't win the awards. They just get nominated for the awards. That's how you know. It's real deal. Yeah. That's what keeps them hungry, you know? That's how you, ha- you got to define your success. And once you get it and you can't keep it, that's what I learned from this movie. Cody, speaking of movies, I need you to call up Mr. Hollywood at some point and ask him one very important question. Mm-hmm. What is the dry wet mix slider he'll know what it means what does it mean it should i have it at 100 percent wet are you able to contact mr hollywood right now in a reliable fashion where we might get an answer to this let's say it's a 50 50 um <laughs> he'll know what it means cody i mean I'll do it, but I have to mute myself because it's going to be real clackety. Oh, so clackety. All right, hold on. I want to hear the clacks. I want to hear them. All right. Give the people the clacks. Listeners, um, prepare your ears. Join us for the clacks. Let me just pull up. I'm typing out Mr. Hollywood. Clack, 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 clack. I'm not hearing any clacks. Mr. Hollywood, a world-renowned editor for things, right? Has edited things in the past. Yes, an effects editor working on the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Which one? The new one. It's Chris Pine film. Oh, so like a big budget, because they make lots of Dungeons and Dragons. Big budget movie called like Dungeons and Dragons or something. Is it tied to the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons? I think so. I think it's legit. It's got Chris Pine in it. (laughs) What'd you you learn? I just searched Dungeons and Dragons, and the first thing it gave me was like an Etsy thing. Google Dungeons and no. Dragons for me. Let tell me if you see the same thing I'm seeing. Get ready for some clackities. I was typing the other day, and my my wife was very impressed with how quickly I was able to type. Oh. Dungeons and Dragons. D and D Wizards dot com. Wikipedia. Okay. I don't know. I'm not getting anything good. What did you I'm get? I'm gonna share my screen with you, Cody. I'm gonna All share right. a tab with you. Okay. Everybody, don't, don't, just don't, you know, it's, it's, you know, just don't, all right? No. This is the first. <laughs> I, you see what I Googled. <laughs> what even is it? I don't understand. It's a book? It's a figurine. I don't know what that is. There's another sexy figurine over here. I don't know it's how that sexy. fits into Dungeons and Dragons in any way. I don't. It, well, it is a Dungeons and Dragons character. This right? is what, here's the thing. This is what I'm learning about the difference, what Google thinks of me versus you. Because when I Google Dungeons and Dragons, it's like, here's information about Dungeons and Dragons. And when you Google it, it's like, here's what would you like to figurine. buy? Let me yeah. sell you something. Like, they're like, this guy will buy stuff. So it immediately pulled up shopping ads for you. I think that's wild. Yeah. Well, I do, I have bought Dungeons and Dragons things in the past. That is true. I'm just saying, they know you spend the money. It's just why that it's the question well, i'm the academic here you're the high roller that's what i'm saying i guess so google knows if it throws enough stuff at the wall something will stick and you'll buy it yeah all right so i should have put movie is what what you're telling me okay here we go 2023 film it is it is tied to the thing amazing all right, so back to Barton Fink, Cody. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I said my piece, you know? No. You what can't. Else, what else is even going piece. on with that? What else is going on with Barton Fink? Yeah. Is that what you're asking me right now? Is that what you are coming at me with, Cody? Yeah. I mean, the ending's kind of wild, you know? 
It what is. does it mean? It's, it, I don't think it means anything. Did any of is it really being, even happen is the question. Let me question. Let me ask you. Because we go through the whole movie, right? He's got writer's block. He goes to the studios. They're like, just write it up, you know? And then he's struggling, he's struggling, he's struggling. Um, John Goodman turns out to be like a killer of some sort. And, uh, right, he helps him hide the body from when the lady dies. And then the hotel light's on fire. <laughs> I was not prepared for that in the sequence of like him walking through the hallways everything's lighting on fire you know yeah is it because is he being punished for his infidelity is he you know is it is he being punished because he sacrifices art to make money at hollywood he's being or, punished because he doesn't listen is it just the hell of writer's block you know <gasps> it's true he doesn't listen i do i you're right about that what you gasped i was gasping at you at you yeah, what you said. Um, yeah, I do. What's his name? He's like, oh, I'll tell you a story if uh, you know if you listen, whatever. And he never. John yeah. Goodman has so many good stories to share, and probably mur- okay. Here's, are you ready for an explanation about the, what the wet dry mix does? I am ready. It's hard to explain, but basically, dry is original sound with no processing effects. Wet is the opposite. So as you slide between the two, it's like slowly adding or removing the level of all the processing you've done. Wow. So do you, the question is, do you like it raw, I guess? Yep. What was that? Well, who was the rapper that asked that question? <laughs> or did he just know. say that I like it raw? Oh, who was that? Do you know, like, your old school hip-hop? I, I don't. I don't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hip with it, you know? Now we're going to go through the rabbit hole of me typing in, I like it raw. And... <laughs> this is going to haunt me. It's a song by Old yeah. Dirty. Oh, well, Wu-Tang. Let's just say a certain Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Clan member. Mm. All right. We did it. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. I want, like I said, I wanted to love this movie. And I did like it. I think more than anything, I loved the characters. I loved all the supporting cast. Chet loved it. All about it. Yeah. I mean, I liked the movie. Here's what you don't understand, Cody. I mm-hmm. bought the movie. Yeah. Because I was like, I like the Coen brothers. So, you know, gotta just buy it. Um,. Here's the thing. Coen Brothers movies, they come in three tiers, all right? Top tier are like film classics nominated for, like they win all the big Oscars, okay? We're talking Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Fargo, No Country for Old Men, okay? That's tier one. Tier two are good movies people like. They don't get all the awards, people all agree. This is a good movie. Raising Arizona, uh... And the other ones. Yes. Maybe Ballad of Buster Scruggs, True Grit, probably fall. True Grit might be a top tier one, you know? Inside Lewin Davids is a good one for that. And then you got the bottom tier, which is only like, only the weirdos, you know, the deep guts that are like, these definitely aren't bad movies, but only weirdos like them, you know? We're talking Barton Fink. We're talking, um, what's the one? Uh, Hail Caesar, which I love, but you know it's not there. It's not on the same level as Burn After Reading. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got tears. You know, if you're a virgin to the Coen Brothers, I would watch tier one movies. I'd watch those three I mentioned. Then I'd go down a level, watch those, and if those don't like absolutely delight you, I would not go to the bottom tier because you got to be you got to be a freak for the Coen Brothers. You know? Yeah. Or it's just not worth it. I've given my heart to them, so I will watch all of their movies. And I'm working, I'm making my way through the list. But you just like them because they make, they made Fargo, you know. And that's, mm. I guess I can, I can allow that, you know. Fargo's so good. I'm not happy about it, but I can allow it. Yeah. I every time I look at their filmography, I'm blown away by how many of the movies I haven't seen. You know, they make a lot of movies. I still need to see Blood Simple and Miller's Crossing. And um, intolerable cruelty, and Paris Jeten, 
you know. And uh, I've seen all their ones since then, though, since those. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're ho- they're Hollywood darlings, right? Or are they not? I don't know. Does Hollywood like them? Yes, right? They've won a lot of Oscars. I just think they take big swings and they stay true to themselves, you know? So they aren't, like... They're not taking a lot of movies they aren't, like, writing. You know what I'm saying? So you'd say they're very... Very dry. Or are they very wet? No, they're very dry. <laughs> and other writers... They're pretty dry on the scale, wet. yeah. Um, like, Ron Howard, he's a wet boy. Like he's a wet, wet boy. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, he's a little wet at this point. Like, maybe he was dry in the 70s and 80s, but I think at this point he's, like, a moist boy. You know, not quite fully soaked, but he's moist. Moist. Not wet, though. Ryan Johnson, dry as a bone. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Oh, I know what you're saying. Because you're saying it right to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're saying it right to my face, and I'm hearing you every word you're saying so here's the real question all right that it comes down to with this movie did any of this happen <laughs> none of it is all so fake what, what actually movie. happened like none of it at all <laughs> like it's just are him. you saying this is a fantasy movie is that what you're yeah. saying i think this is just it's all in martin's head right before he goes in to see the studio exec is him playing out go. the worst case scenario. I would say that checks out. I mean, that does make sense with the waking up with a dead person in your bed. Do you think he did it, you know? Do I think he killed What him? happened? Yeah, like I what think, happened? Did John Goodman go in there and I kill I think him? John Goodman did it. Uh, okay. Because he doesn't listen, Cody. That's true. He so doesn't. he knew, he's like, I can go in there and do this because I know he's not going to hear me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. smart here's the real cody if i may the real lesson is never call in a noise complaint never oh yeah that's true if you're saying it especially in a hotel like that never ever call in a noise complaint i was in a hotel let me tell you let me learn you something big about hotel rooms all right when i was making my way california to kansas city oh yeah (laughs) And I was walking fast. The pace is past. I was homebound, as you know. No, I'm in uh, Henderson, <laughs> Nevada. I stayed at a hotel, and uh, I, there was someone, you know, hotel rooms are attached, you know, and there's, like, the consent door where, like, you both have a door in the middle of the room, and if you both unlock it, you can open the door and share your room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, just on the yeah. other side of the consent door for me, was a couple having the most, uh, the let's just say the loudest domestic dispute I've ever heard in my life. So much so that it sounded like someone across the room from me, like, you know, someone in the corner of the room was just like shouting about their life problems. It was wild for like an hour or two. And I was like paralyzed out of fear. I was like, I need to say something. I need to call someone. If I can hear them, they can hear me. If I say anything, if I snitch on them, they're going to bust through the consent door and murder me. <laughs> That's where I was at. So I was in, yeah, so just outside of Las Vegas, how's it happened to me? I did not sleep very well. And um, <laughs> the next morning when I checked out the couch, I was like, it was fine. Like, things in here, like, aside from the noise, I was like, yeah, <laughs> aside from the noise. Like, I thought it was violent to the, not violent, you know, like no one was getting like beat over the head or anything, but just like people shouting back and forth and like, grown men crying, you know, tears and shouting, that I thought the police would have come, like, after the first hour. <laughs> and then by the second hour, I was like, I'm shook. I don't even know what, what, is, what even is real life, you know? I guess it felt a little bit like this movie. We're like, this isn't, is this happening? So, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, so I said nothing. <laughs> so, I said and did nothing because I am not a snitch, all right? That is the millennial in me. I'll just quietly sit there while bad things happen <laughs> and then realize after the fact that, that was not normal. So there we go. 
Cody. So I guess I didn't need to watch this movie because I already learned the lesson <laughs> in real life, there. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I've never had a domestic dispute on the other side of the consent door. I did have several um, guys bringing in caseloads of beer into their room and loudly making plans. No, oh, no. So loudly that at one point I stood next to the door and I said something to him, and one of the guys responded thinking it was another guy, and then they continued the conversation. What? <laughs> Which on. is probably the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever gotten away with in my life. Where, like, he asked a question, I said an answer, and then he said the next <laughs> thing, and then the other guy that he was actually talking to <laughs> answered that. <laughs> it was, wow, you were like the Bugs Bunny of their uh, little party planning. It was very funny. Um, wow. Oh, man. And then they were so loud, I at one point heard them complain about how loud my TV was. It was turned up to, like, five. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just went to the bar. Um, But it was funny because they were like, oh, man, should we say something to this guy? Like, I can't even. Whatever. And the guy's like, nah, it's (laughs) fine. We'll just go out. And I was like. You guys got no, yeah, I will fight you guys right now. As <laughs> they're so loud. Uh, other than that, it's mostly been businessmen loudly talking about how they're going to crush this, uh, this meeting. And then several hours later telling that same person how the meeting did not go well. That's mostly <laughs> what I hear. Um, I'm realizing now I had some wild experiences coming out here to Kansas City because in Denver I stayed at an Airbnb and like, and it was like an older lady who ran it and she was out of town so her daughter like showed up to the house and like they didn't have like a huge party or anything but they definitely like lit up and like smoked some drugs you know <laughs> like in the house i was like oh um so i don't know what happened with that trip i was just alone i didn't get murdered at the hotel i didn't get murdered at the airbnb and i'm here i'm in kansas yeah. city you made it forgot about all that stuff yeah yeah uh, on on my trip out to Boston to Baston, it was uh, uh it was yeah, all yeah. it was all nice hotels. Baston. It was all what? It's all nice Marriott hotels that we stayed in. So you and your points, you made yeah. travel points. Yeah, rude. It was funny. I will tell you. Here's the one thing that did happen that made me. Uh, I I got to be a bit of a smug douche about something, and that was fun. Um, I had to. They so I was in Buffalo, New York. Downtown Buffalo, you know, the safest area of Buffalo, Cody. Mm -hmm. Staying at, it was a nice hotel downtown, but they like lock the doors at night and you have to use your key card to get in. So I went to go get in to like check in. It was the middle of the night, right? And like a maintenance guy had to get me in. Like he was coming back from doing something. And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, they locked the doors. I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I see that all the time. I've just never seen them. And they're like, well, it's company. Like every hotel does it. And I was sitting there talking to him and the people that overheard it at the desk. And they were all like, oh, yeah, no, it's every comp- every hotel does it. And then, you know what? They, and then they stopped talking once it popped up. And it's like, oh, this person's like titanium elite, like stayed at one of these hotels like a couple times a week, every day, like every week for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess maybe it is. <laughs> they don't do it at the hotel. Like, yeah, <laughs> shut up. I know what I'm talking about. Oh, and that was uh, that was the most exciting part, Cody. It's just me being like, yeah, fun? I know more about how this stuff runs than it's you. The best one, like you as a consumer, learn more about a business than the people that work in the business because you've patronized the business too much. Yeah. Love it. I'm back down to zero nights, Cody. I gotta stay in a hotel or I'm gonna lose my status. Oh my gosh! What happens when you lose your status? Uh, they break down your door and rip your titanium elite card out of your hand and. Yeah, basically, but I gotta wow. pay back all the all the stuff, you know. They'll ruin me, Cody. The gonna car. come for you. They're gonna come for your family. Yeah, exactly. And get you they canceled. Give them my firstborn child. They're gonna plant drugs on you. Yeah. Scandal of the century. I have to give back all the Bibles I took. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Is do you, is that your side hustle? Do you take Bibles from take hotel all rooms and, and sell them, <laughs> sell them elsewhere? Go to the lesser hotels and be like, yeah, you want to get in Bible? <laughs> I got a nice one. I'm gonna replace I mean, all the black Bibles. market for the Gideon Bible at uh, La Quinta Inn is uh, it's pretty hot right now. Oh yeah, 
Tyler, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I got nothing else to say. We did it. We watched a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, let me ask you this. I am curious to know what you'd give this. If you slapped a letter grade on this bad boy, would you give it? I'd give this a C. I'd give it a B minus. <sighs> I know. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's how I feel. I won't apologize for it. Um, so what you're saying is you're glad you bought it and you're going to rewatch it again soon. I mean, I might, I might watch, I might show it to Tiffany. She might like it more because she didn't watch it with me because it is rated R. Mm. But you know, you just got to skip past John Goodman's tie, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. And that's about it. That's true. So uh, wow. she might like it. She's into the Hollywood stuff more than I am. So yeah, she's it. Here's the thing: she's into Hollywood. I'm the one with the movie podcast. She's also the one into football. I'm I'm the one with the man parts, which typically means I should be the one into football. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're just breaking she's all so kinds of so progressive. Yeah, Cody. Look at, all, look at all the gender norms you just tipped on their head. Yeah. Amazing. So much progress, you know? Yeah. That we can live in a day where uh, women watch football. Amazing. Exactly. And if I Susan think... B. Anthony were here, she'd be like, what are they doing over there? You know? What is yeah. that? Like, What's here... that thing you're watching? You know? What's that called? Like... You know, George Clooney, he's out here saying that Hollywood's saving the world. I'm saving the world, Cody. George Clooney's not doing enough, okay? Uh-huh. I want to take George Clooney's smugness, <laughs> and I want to match it and, su- and surpass it, you know? Um, Mr. Hollywood has meetings with George Clooney. Isn't that fun? <gasps> tell him to tell him that I think I'm doing more <laughs> and to come fight me. <laughs> here's the thing we're out here we got the social media people fighting the boxers you know or is yeah. it ufc are they doing mma or are they doing just boxing i forget uh, is boxing. logan paul or is it jake paul okay is logan. logan paul's the boxer yeah and then jake paul's still doing the influencing okay yes i don't want to see influencers boxing boxers i want to see hollywood actors and directors boxing people you've never heard of. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if there was pay-per-view and it was George Clooney versus you, yeah. I would 100% sign up for that. Like, yeah. I am ready to watch that. Everyone All 30 would. seconds of it. <laughs> you, well, know? you don't think I could... I, I think you... No, I think you'd clock Clooney out and I think it'd be a 30-second match. That's what I think would happen. Yeah. But I would pay to watch it, is what I'm saying. I could do it. I could fight him. I'll fight George Clooney anytime. As long as he pays for everything... Anytime. Mm-hmm. You can afford it. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for listening to just another exhilarating installment of Opinion Havers. You right. can share, rate, and review us wherever podcasts are found. And you can yell at me at social media, at Opinion Havers, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening. And until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. Clooney's a southpaw, right? How tall is he? You got the reach on him, I think. Oh, let's see. George Clooney. George. <laughs> Just Google, is George Clooney a southpaw? <laughs> let's see. Oh, of course he would. You know, you, I know. I can tell you right now he's not tall, because it's always like the first thing it says if they're tall. He's 5'11", right. so George Clooney and I are the same height. George Clooney's 5'11"? That's what it says. That makes me feel small. Now, here's the thing. he was Batman. George Clooney also, like, actors have been known to flat out lie about this number. Yeah. Like, be like your height and be like, yeah, I'm 6'2". Just standing next to someone who's six feet and is Mm -hmm. a foot taller than them, you know? 6'2". Yeah. George Clooney. 
South Paul. Uh, there's a whole article about if he's left or right-handed. Nah. At first, it explains what the left and right-handed this means. Information. <laughs> Does it? What are we oh. even doing anymore? Early life and fun facts about George Clooney. Okay, celeb answers. You're on blast. First off, righties versus lefties. It just lists names. Okay. Everybody, let's DDoS attack <laughs> celebanswers.com. All right. Let's get the Chinese servers on. Let's take them down. Then I'll I fight Clooney. I'm going to fight celebanswers, then George Clooney. <laughs> 